Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. How you doing? I'm exhausted. How was your turkey day? I've just realized that we, we haven't talked since Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time. In jail? No. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. <laughs> I, I could have gone to jail. Uh, you should have, probably. Don't even need to know what it's about. Just assumed that whatever you did, probably worthy of incarceration. Isn't that the scientific term for cancer? Incarceration? Yeah. Uh, nope. I don't Carcin- think so. Carcinogen? Carcinogen. <laughs> yes. Don't make me say that word. You know it's I'm going to screw up that word. It's got more than two syllables. Of course I'm going to screw up that word. It's got more than three syllables. Yeah. Come on, man. Thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt and upping a syllable for me. <laughs> Thank you. That was very sweet of you. Well, here's the, the, a little peek behind the curtain. I thought, does it have more than three syllables? I'm not sure. So I'm just going to say two. Yeah. Okay. And then did some quick math in your head yeah. and you were like, we're, Double clear, check. we're good to go, everybody. We are clear for takeoff. Yep. Carry the three, drop yep. the I. Yep. <laughs> got see, it. Pi is 3.14. Okay, great. <laughs> pi R squared is the radius. Of, yeah. Okay. I got a Y equals MX plus B. We're, we, we made it. We're there. The the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, and it's got four syllables, bitch. Photosynthesis, baby. Uh, I I spent a good chunk of it arguing over. We got political. We got a little political, All right. Chris. Yeah, it's a true Thanksgiving, everybody. Yay! Melinda threw a grenade straight into the trench and just ducked out uh, because we were we were all there, and she Who, was by like, the way, "Who's we? Are you with your in laws? Is that yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. on? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, we were Set all there. The scene, Andrew. Yeah, it was the four of us. Like they asked how things were going, and she was like, "You know, pretty good. It'd be a lot better if the Republicans would let me clear out my student loan debt." Why would she do that? <laughs> because she was just talking. She was like, like pa- just- and then she was like, "Pass the stuffing." Like- <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and then she was like, I didn't want to get political. And I was like, I do. <laughs> I was like, I will happily jump on this grenade. What is wrong with the two of you? What is this? I, no, she, she just did it by accident. It was sort of off the cuff. <sighs> I will happily. Look, I come with the receipts. I know that I'm right. <laughs> yes, I know. But I love that you're just like. I'm not going to it's you you come with the receipts and normally a person like that would be like, well, I'm ready to go if if something should break out. But I have the moral high ground here, so I'm not going to bring it up. And you're like, let's fucking do this. Where are we are? We pass appetizers. Let's get into this. I didn't bring it up. I know, but I just find it fascinating. That's what happened. I'm in the first category. Yeah, I know. But you were like, I'll get into a fight. I was itching a little bit. Yeah. Okay. of course. (laughs) You were itching when you got the door. Let's be honest. I was. I immediately walked in and was like. I don't know. I was trying to think of something political to say, but I, I couldn't think of anything. Gun control. So immediately within the span of like a couple sentences, we got into <laughs> I won't go into the whole thing. Please but don't. we went from <laughs> we went from student debt uh-huh. to, well, you know, the Democrats were the only ones that owned slaves to Juneteenth shouldn't even be a real holiday. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh, man. Wow. This is like Christmas shopping for me. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Let's pick a little bit from this one and from this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll address this. I'll address this. Great. I'll explain how you've been brainwashed by right-wing propaganda here. Here's <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a problem with Tucker Carlson there. You know what his biggest problem is? His name sounds like fucker Carlson. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. 
don't know. Well, yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. Um, we uh, we spent it with friends. Um, I I think I made a pretty clear case on why Juneteenth shouldn't be a holiday. Everyone seemed to be really receptive to what I was saying. It was great. Wait, are you Melinda's dad? <laughs> that I can't was believe you. All this time I've I've you never son noticed. Son of a bitch, and you've never asked for my blessing. No, <laughs> you're like, and I never will. I won't even say bless you after you sneeze, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about starting the show, but no, no I'll answer you didn't your question answer. first. I know, but maybe it's just easier if I don't. No, it's fine. It was pretty uneventful. We go, we always go over to um to uh, some friends of of Sarah's. And, well, yeah, um, you don't have to clarify. I know you don't have any. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't at your house, so therefore I wasn't <laughs> at right. a friend's house. Um, oh, bold of you to assume, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, there was that one time you and I agreed on Juneteenth, and so <laughs> I, like, I really felt a connection from there. But um, we always go to a friend's house, and, and this friend is a food photographer. Oh. And not like I photograph like cornflakes and put soap bubbles for the milk type of thing like oh. she like has to she has like her own studio with a kitchen where she makes the and prepares the food and then photographs it i feel like those two categories could be the same person i thought you're gonna say not like a person who does it on instagram oh yeah no no, no. well not like a person who just like takes a picture of their eggs no 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 she's also not one of those as well yeah. she like takes she's like she's a like a real food photographer. photographer yeah yeah uh yeah she got into food photography but she she a lot of times has to prepare the food yeah. herself like the companies will send her the stuff and they're like please Photograph this and then send it back to us. So she is it always real food. Uh, she tends to kind of make sure that it is like the companies that she works for and everything. She's like, I'm not going to like I said, she's like, I don't get a free meal. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we've also gotten some free stuff from her as well. I was going to say, does she try to time it out as well? So like the turkey company sends one right around November and well she's like it's funny because she's she's vegan they're they're the two of them are vegan so sometimes the companies will she doesn't really do meat but she will do other non-vegan products so what is happening right now Sarah is like something on on fire so Sarah has jumped on a table and taken off a smoke alarm what's happening pancakes oh okay she's making pancakes and uh, there's smokiness Pancakes. going on. Pancakes? For dinner. You never have breakfast for dinner? I don't, but you, I'm about to. You, of all people. What is that supposed to mean? Is that a race thing? Listen, let me tell you a little something about Juneteenth. <laughs> Welcome to the VD Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news on the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and then burn down the house because of it. <laughs> my name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Also, if you're listening, you can't see it, but I'm wearing my Punch More Nazis t-shirt as well. So uh, That is a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I almost wore it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Just to almost. kick the holiday off right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Or punch the holiday hey, off. Hey, right? Sarah, you took the uh, smoke alarm down, but you take the batteries out of it? Did you take the batteries out of it? You don't have to take the batteries out as long as you put it in the toilet. Is, if it's not attached to the mount, it, it won't, won't go, off? go off. Really? No, because everything rises, heat rises, 
Right, I know, but yeah, it would have to really fill with smoke. That's true. Then you win. If it does, I win. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if it does, we both have lost already. <laughs> or I would say the sweet release of death is a win for everyone. That's true. Here's the That's trick. True. Here's how That's you true. test it. Yes. Throw it in Emerson's room. Okay. <laughs> if it goes off, then you're playing with real consequences. This is what I do. I light a match and I just hold it close. And if it goes off, I t- chuck it into Emerson's room and <laughs> just smoke a cigarette right into it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right into my child. Yeah. The smoke alarm. Six of one, Baker's dozen of the other. That's true. Both of them will start screaming uncontrollably. (laughs) As will I. (laughs) Andrew. What? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It sure is. It's a time when. You can have pancakes for dinner. When you can have pancakes for dinner. (laughs) Uh, That's. That's ridiculous, Andrew. You can have pancakes for dinner any time of the year. That's true. Or any meal. Oh, believe you me. We've done it many a time. (laughs) It's a time when big franchises take their most popular characters and try and shoehorn in some sort of story, even if it doesn't make sense, so that they can sell more crap. Yeah. And with that, I give you... The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Da, 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 da. That's all I know of that song. Oh, okay. I thought that's all we could sing without being sued for something. Wait, by Jesus? By, <laughs> that's true. How old Listen, is the song? Oh, uh, let me tell you. He's pretty litigious. Chris? Yes? Marvel has officially released their... See, I had an intro too. I Marvel has officially released their Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney+. Plus. We've been waiting for this since James Gunn reportedly wrote the script the day after he wrapped Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now it's out, and I can definitively say... That the worst thing about it is it makes six degrees of Kevin Bacon easy enough for me to do every single episode. Son of a bitch. (laughs) You know, I think I just had this random thought while you were doing your intro. I think from now on what we should do is we should create some sort of menu in our podcast for a choose your own intro. I like how we both have intros. We yeah. come prepared, which I appreciate. I thought you were going to say we need like an like a like an old west standoff where we give each other the intros and judge Ooh, based on which yes. one's the best. So we each come with three intros and then we just fire them at each other, try and top each other. That sounds like a bad idea. I meant one. <laughs> I meant we just each give one. Okay. And then every single time we both agree that mine is the best. Okay, we can do that. Great. That sounds good. Um, that feels pretty much like what we've always done, to tell you the truth. So this is this was uh, this happened. Um, let's get into this. Shall we get into this? Let's. Should we talk about this? Let's. So I'll, I'll kind of set it up a little bit. I'll do a little intro. So it's uh, it's Christmas time in the galaxy, everybody. And uh, Peter Quill is feeling down because... Yandu ruined Christmas that one time, and so Christmas now sucks. But he's not actually feeling down because of that. That's true. But more he's feeling down because... Spoilers for this holiday special that's 40 minutes long, but spoilers. Yep. Uh, he's not actually upset about that. He's turns out, just a sad guy. <laughs> just had a really sad just life. Just sad. Just emo. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then everyone seems to remember. Oh, wait. It's probably more because his girlfriend's dead. Well, I was like, his, his, you know, he was raised without his dad. His mom died of cancer when he was eight. He was abducted by aliens and forced into, like, 
slavery bounty hunting Mm -hmm. and then found out his dad killed his mom and then he had to kill his dad and then his girlfriend died mostly because of him Yep. and then she came back and she hates him and fucked off Yeah. but you know it's because Yandu messed up Christmas one year so yeah we'll just like you said spoilers (laughs) for a 40 minute holiday special let's start though before that would you, would you like it? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Well, too bad. I got there first, bitch. God damn it. <laughs> I did like it, actually. I liked it. It was cute. Listen, it, did it blow my mind? No. Did it blow anything else? No. no. Which I asked, <laughs> but it didn't. But it was cute. It's a cute. Uh. Listen, it is a holiday special, and it very much feels like a holiday special. And by that, I mean, like, this isn't life-changing, but it's just a bit of fun. It's like 40 minutes of fun, and, and then it's over. The biggest criticism I have for it is a critique that I've received as well, which mm-hmm. is just I was expecting it to be longer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if anyone knows about that, it is certainly you. Um, <laughs> I could have bailed you out on that I one. It was just easier was to like, punch did down. You even, did you register that? What happened I here? Did. You really, I did. You really gave me that that free and easy response. As though, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I mean. Because I would have expected a joke that funny would have received an enormous amount of laughter. Right. Well, I mean, damn it. I had a joke in my head and then I don't I lost believe it. you. No, but, but yeah, I was only I, I, when I started playing it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is all right. How long is this? And I look, I was like 20 minutes in and I was like, it's halfway over. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did math in my head. And it was like, knowing Disney Plus, there's 15 minutes of credit. So it's going to be over <laughs> in 30 seconds. But there's some fun to this there. I, I enjoyed it. You you enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for significantly different reasons than I was expecting. OK, I think I thought I was going to be like totally blown away. It's such a cool thing. So mm. wild and crazy like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies have been sort of right. Very psychedelic. And and off the rails. Right. And it wasn't really, which is okay because it made up for it in other ways. Very smart ways, like including Kevin Bacon in the storyline is yes. just brilliant. He's a, a fantastic addition. Also, I honestly didn't know I needed a Mantis slash Drax buddy comedy, but I'm glad James Gunn did. I really I remember watching this and I was like, you know, this in some ways was a huge gamble because so often this is more in, in television that you'll see this than it is in movies. But so often you'll have like the side character, the Kramer, if you will. And you're like, this character is great. As a side character, but I wouldn't want this full on like this. Is- See, I, I would argue that it happens in film a lot because there's like Jay and Silent Bob. As soon as they got their own movie Fair. off the rails, bad. As soon as as soon as Jack Sparrow got his own movie. Yes. Bad. Oh, there, like there are definitely examples of this in movies, but I, I'm just thinking of like the I think minions. As soon yeah. as the minions from Despicable Me got their own movie. It's it's all the time. The big money right. makers get their own film and it tanks the franchise. Right. Because it's one of those things where it's like it's too much of a good thing like it doesn't well i think also it only works in response to a straight man like lou costello doesn't work without abbott i almost called him greg abbott i don't remember his first name it's greg abbott it's not greg abbott it's greg abbott it's (laughs) mike abbott you know who greg abbott is uh no did i stumble onto a let me tell you he doesn't believe juneteenth should be a holiday (laughs) of course how did i do that that was it's almost a gift that i could accidentally (laughs) stumble to mention a horrible racist wow incredible Anyway, but yeah, it's the same thing where it's like, I don't, you know, would this be too much of a good thing? Would this be like, you know, 
I almost said icing without cake, but that doesn't make any sense. It icing does. is delicious. No, I I can eat way more cake than I can well, cake with icing than I can eat just icing. I know. I've seen you do it. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know what it, that just. It's just real easy today, I guess. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, well, that joke should have been, that's not true. I've seen you eat a whole bowl of icing or whatever. I was working towards that, but I was No, trying, you weren't. No, I wasn't. Anyway. Also, it's nice to see Pom, and I wrote her the pronunciation of her name down. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Pom Klamatiev with something to do. Like, right? she has an incredible amount of emotional range that the MCU just hasn't utilized yet. Oh, she also, there's... Part aspects to her character that uh, um, just comedically, mm-hmm. like the way that she's she just switches from like super kind to like screaming angry. I was like, that's hilarious. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I mean by the incre- an incredible emotional range where she'll just be like, oh, I'm sad. And then she's like, we're not talking about that anymore, you know, or whatever. And I was just so blown away by that. I remember watching this and I'm going, she's hilarious like why didn't I enjoy not that I didn't enjoy her in the other but like why didn't I enjoy her this much in the other movies and then I realized I've never seen her this much in the other movies right well and it's so weird that she has such a good comedic timing because she's French I think it's one of those things where if you you, the character is written in such a way if you play it very straight the situation is comedic I don't think she is playing it straight uh possibly but I I think like you said I think parts of it are there's parts of it where it's like just play this straight you're very very sweet but I think the funnier parts are where she just like holds off on is manic yeah (laughs) absolutely also listen French people know humor and they love Jerry Lewis oh that's the best French impersonation I've ever heard or Jerry Lewis impersonation? I'm not sure which it was supposed to be. But either way, fantastic. Nailed it. Ten of one, double dozen of the other. Yep, there you go. But yeah, she's fantastic in this. And the both of them are, are brilliant. I mean, we, again, we knew that <laughs> that um, Dave Batista is great as Drax. Yeah. But again, I was like, is this going to be too much Drax? Nope, no, it's not. No, it wasn't. So good. Yeah, well, he's also become... So, like, there was this switch that happened that I don't think worked very well. I'm not talking about Guardians of the Galaxy anymore, but in the MCU. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people really liked it. And it was the switch from Thor becoming the punchline, and then he became the straight man. Like, he was the guy who didn't know what was going on, and he was trying to be, keep his cool and trying to say, and then someone would be like, your brother murdered six million people, and he'd be like, well, he's adopted, and try to save face. And then in Thor Ragnarok, he's the one looking around going, who are all these crazy people? What is going on? And I feel like Drax especially was the, punchline right a lot of the time especially in the first movie with lines like um nothing goes over my head i'm too quick i would catch it you know uh, stuff like that and i think they've done a good job of transitioning him into and uh mantis as well into like half of their performances as a straight person and half of it is as a punchline. Right. And it's seamless how it flows back and forth. Yeah, it's a careful balance yeah. between yeah, yeah. Depending on what the situation is. Right. And who's gonna Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's really kind of brilliant. We get at the very beginning one of the most brilliant Christmas songs I've ever heard. It's fine. Abs- I really loved it. I think it's like the worst part of the movie, but <laughs> what? Right. it goes on too long. I see I, I love that it just keeps going and it just gets Weirder and weirder and weirder. I'm a little surprised that um, he didn't use uh, the band Mind is Self-Indulgence uh, simply because I, we know that James Gunn is a huge fan. Uh, and I, Andrew, I don't know if you know this about the band, but you're actually the brother of the lead singer. <laughs> 
<laughs> the lead singer. So, uh, or no, not the singer, nope. the drummer <laughs> of the band. You're going to get Damn, me in trouble. I blew it. You're actually the brother uh, I, of the drummer I, I, of the band I, as well. Let me, Did you know let that? me just cut you off real quick and say that I am not at liberty to discuss the relationship between the band and James Gunn at this very moment. Oh, really? But uh, it, it may not be as as buddy-buddy uh, in its current state as you have made it out to be. And we will move on from that. I just tried to work in because it's one of our references. The but I one take episode it. where I didn't want to say about my, my connection to this band... And you've done it for me. You're welcome. Happy yes. Thanksgiving. What are you going to do next? Try to tell me Juneteenth isn't a real holiday? <laughs> well, let me tell you a few facts, okay, that I've decided are facts. One, the Democrats were the only ones who owned slaves. <laughs> Two, the Seven Samurai wrote the book on assembling a team. <laughs> no, I was going to work that in somehow. You son of a bitch. So, a uh, couple of things. Um, I have Easter eggs as well when, when we're ready to get into that. And I have a couple questions. Questions okay. about the story and about the future of some of the characters. Okay, cool. I uh, some of, I like some of the, just the notes I had. I think are going to end up just being like some Easter eggs that you have, just because yeah, yeah. a lot of this was just like I like this. This yeah, is yeah, hilarious, yeah. you know. Like things like the um, apparently GoBots are a thing in this universe now, which I love. Wild, right? I love that. That was like. Of like of all the things you would have thought the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special had, the revelation that GoBots are at the MCU. Also, I'm being a bit presumptuous here because I'm not 100 percent sure that this was the first instance of this. Mm-hmm. But great first use in the MCU of the word bigot. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. But that was fantastic as well. But I just love Drex. Don't be a bigot. <laughs> I also well. Here's the other thing about it is that. Here's the thing. So I I did some I did a deep dive into GoBots uh, after that because it was like aren't they didn't Marvel do a GoBots comic at some point? Oh. I don't think that they did. Uh, it doesn't seem like they did. But GoBots, yeah, because they're for anyone who doesn't know, they're the Mattel version of Transformers. They're the like Tonka. knockoff. No oh, Tonka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tonka. yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah. So they were the Tonka knockoff of Transformers. Because right? Transformers is Hasbro. Yes. Thing. But now yeah. here's the crazy thing. Years ago, Hasbro bought Tonka, or either they they bought Tonka, or they just bought the rights to GoBots. And so oh. uh, now, so now Hasbro owns GoBots, uh, who also own Transformers. But Transformers, so is it's made possible by, that the Transformers are, are in the, the MCU. MCU. However, Transformers is made by Paramount. Oh, so it's a weird like again. The movies, the movies are yeah. So it could just be its own yes Transformers universe. Yeah, because I don't think they've ever had like a formal GoBots Transformers like they merge the universes. Yeah. Like in everything. the same way that like the Marvel cartoons don't exist in the MCU. Right, and exactly. Stuff like that. But I just love like of all the references. This is basically just, I don't know, again, it's one of those things that I feel like this happens a lot with James Gunn, where it's like, I don't know where you decided to pull this reference from, but for some reason it is brilliant, and it's just a weird inclusion. He just remembered his favorite things from the 80s, and was like, he and he assembled a team of lawyers, they met in a room, and he was like, what can we get away with? Can, we, can you clear <laughs> this for me? And they're like, I don't know if we can, and he's like, well, this is how much money, and he takes out a piece of paper, and he goes, this is how much money Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 made, and he just shows it to them, and they go, yeah, I think it cleared. I think it's, uh, I think we could clear that. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought you were going to say, they're like, uh, he's like, how much money do you think it would cost to, to 
to be able to get GoBots on there. And they're like, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say for certain. And he's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I'm going to get this check that I have here. <laughs> I'm going to put a one on it. And I'm going to start writing zeros. zeros. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you, and you just tell me stop. when to stop. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, tell you what, let's let's all lawyers, let's get out. You make some phone calls. We'll meet back here. We'll rendezvous in about 24 hours and see what we got. And they come back and they're like, 90% of this we can't use, but here's 10%. And he's like, great. Go bots kill Drax's cousin. cousin. Yep. <laughs> so good. Uh, but I just, it's such a random poll. Also very funny that like so many different races have killed so many of Drax's family members. Yeah, the Drax's family members just uh, like often just yeah. getting offed everywhere yeah. around the galaxy. Uh, at a certain point, you got to question like, maybe it's you, man. Yeah, maybe, like maybe it's <laughs> what you. about you attracts people to murder your family? Can I also say I like that we now finally figured out like how strong Drax is. Like apparently he's bulletproof, which I wouldn't have never. Oh yeah, thought I of. didn't know that either. And it looks like probably Mantis isn't. Because she was trying real hard to dodge them. But the other thing I realized when I saw that Drax is bulletproof is that if you go back to the to the Cobot scene, that guy would have been mush. <laughs> like he's just punching this guy. He's what are you talking about? He's wearing armor. <laughs> yes, that cardboard armor that he was wearing. Maybe he's a real Gobot. He could be. Maybe he could be. That would be great. That would be hilarious. Also, yeah, the jump that he does and throwing Mantis. Like you really see how strong he does. Like jumping over yeah. the gate. Because you you all of a sudden you realize you're like, oh, we've never really seen this guy. Like in our world. Also, though, you get to see Mantis fight for the first time, really. Yeah, she could kick some ass. Yeah. I like Swole Groot. I like that guy. Swole Groot. Swole Groot is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. He's really probably been... a guy in a suit, right? No, it's all CGI. Uh, James Gunn is coming because some people were like, wow, that suit is amazing. And James Gunn was like, nope, all CGI, dude. But there's a guy there. Uh, I don't know if it was motion capture. It might have been. But I think because I think the way they've always said. Well, nowadays, usually nowadays, usually what they do is. Um, set reference so it's like a guy in like a similar looking suit right and then they like put CG over it right but I don't know what they've done for Guardian because uh, originally they didn't because Groot is like his proportions are like crazy you know original yeah. Groot is like eight feet tall and like yeah, so yeah, like 100 pounds <laughs> so I think they've always done full CGI Groot so I don't know if they changed it or not it seems like it, they went all CGI yeah like Rocket is motion capture because Rocket as we know is Sean Gunn I don't think he's technically mocap I think it's a different thing like mocap is where you put the ping pong balls on and they track the ping pong balls Oh, but if no, it was well, mocap, it, it would be yeah, all fucked up. It would be up. all fucked up. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Sorry, I'm using that incorrectly. I think that's set reference. It is. That might be set reference. So that they can track, like, the lighting and where the shadows right. are and how big the shadow casts on the ground and stuff like that. And, like, dirt in the yeah. ground. But, like, Sean Gunn is always that guy. Is always Rocket. By the way, can we talk about him for a minute? Yep. He's just always a treasure. He's fantastic. He's always good. He's always good. That last scene could have uh, crossed over into just horrible schmaltiness. Yeah. And he just, he, he hits it pitch perfect. I know. No, he's so good. Amazing. And the way he delivers, uh, speaking of which, we should talk about the rotoscoping. But in that scene where they're like, Riandu's like, you guys, you know, if this keeps up. I'm going to make you guys do clean the toilet. And he's like, but that's Jeff's favorite job. <laughs> And like the fact that he's not upset about doing the job, he's upset about taking away he's his friends. Jeff favorite is going to be sad that he can't clean the, <laughs> yeah, the toilets. It's so good. Yeah. So like, I just love delivery of that sort of thing. We should talk about the rotoscoping as well, which yeah. is the animation. Mm -hmm. They filmed those scenes with those actors in costumes on sets. Oh, really? So that's what rotoscoping is. I, there was some theorizing as to that's probably what they did because it looks like that's what they did. Right. And then James Gunn uh, shared a photo 
of Yandu and the kid on set during filming that scene and said, it's true what everyone said. We did rotoscoping, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow. So what they do, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I believe Scanner Darkly yes, was one I of the was first. I was just going to mention Scanner Darkly. Full length feature films to do uh, rotoscoping through the whole thing. It's been done in music videos a lot. And um, I believe they did it in actually in the Star Wars holiday special for a couple things. Yeah. But it's where they film a scene or a movie or whatever and then trace the film on paper. Right. So you end up getting like a cartoon, but it's been traced out. And with that, you can kind of make some edits and some, you know, there's a scene in Scanner Darkly where Robert Downey Jr. turns into a roach or something. So you can more easily and believably and realistically make some like very drastic changes. Right. So they did that for all the animated stuff in this. They take on me the beginning. Yes, there you they go. did. They aha it. They took on him. Yeah. They took on me. I, they took me on. Who hasn't, though? You know what I'm saying? I'll be gone in a day, day or, or two. <laughs> I was ready to fully go there with you, too. I thought we were going to break into a song. There's just one other thing I'll mention, and then we'll kind of get in if you want to get into anything else or Easter eggs or anything. But um, I like this Christmas special, and I like that it also sets up what I think should be the next Christmas special, which is how Nebula got Bucky's arm. So that was one of the questions I wanted to bring up. Okay. But since you also first brought up this other thing, okay. we should mention that there's a very good chance that James Gunn will not be directing a Christmas special for some time. Nope. Because he is now heading over to DC. He's got one more Guardians movie coming out. Well, they shot this while doing that. This was like a break. Right, yeah. I believe this was written before it, it was actually, written, which makes sense. They were, because, they were. I think they were shooting Volume Three, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "We can fit this into this right here." It looks like it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is going to be the last we get from James Gunn for four years at least. Yep. So, yep. Savor this while you can. Now, how slash when did Nebula get Bucky's arm? And and I offer a theory. Okay. Is it fake? No, I feel in my heart. And I listen, I'm just going based, just going in my heart on this one. I feel that this is real. I feel that somehow, some way she ripped that fucking arm right off of him. So there's a few options, right? Because one, it could be a replica. Uh It could be that there that he has multiple arms because he does. We saw Iron Man shoot off one of his arms, his first one. Right. Maybe in Civil War, I think. Right. And um, we saw that it's very easily detachable in Sad Captain America Boys, whatever that show was called. Yep. And um, so he could have multiple. There could be different ones. And and I don't know, man. Like, did he is he getting a new one? Did he get a new one? Because it also looks like the CGI kind of changes every time we see him in the same way that like every suit changes. So like, are we saying that he switches it out for a new one every now and then gets an upgrade and maybe this is one of the old ones? No, I, in my heart, I want this to be, she went, she was like, I got to get a Christmas gift. And so she went and found Bucky and she was like, give me that arm. And he's like, no. And then a chase ensues and she rips the arm right off of him. That's what I want. And that's what I want to see. I know. Here's another little piece of sentimentality for you that uh, shows the connection that those two characters have for each other. Rocket and Nebula. Yeah. That scene where he said, I'm going to get that arm. Yeah. She's not even on that planet. No. Nope. She's nowhere near it. She wouldn't have heard it. Nope. But those two were also the only two members of the Guardians 
who survived the snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I bet they hung out for a while. And That's right. That was in Infinity War, wasn't it? Yes. I keep thinking that, that was I like, said that to Melinda, too. I was like, that is like one of the longest callbacks yeah. that I have ever seen Jesus. in something. Which means for five straight years, Rocket was like with just with Nebula. And he's like, let me tell you something. There was a guy. There was this guy. <laughs> And he's got this arm. And mark my words, I'm going to get that fucking arm. Well, here's the thing, though, right? Is that Bucky got snapped, right? So in my head, he right before he goes to bed every night, he takes out a picture of Groot. He touches it with his hands. He cries a single tear. He puts it away. And then he takes out a picture of Bucky's arm. Yeah. And he touches it with his hand. And he cries a little bit. And then he puts it away. Yes. And he's like, I want That's it exactly back. That's exactly what happens. I want yeah, it I back. It, yeah. And I think... I think really what she, knowing Nebula, she didn't get it to be sweet. She was like, I need to get this arm because he will not stop talking about it. I just want the little <laughs> raccoon to shut up. Yeah. And that's also wh- great delivery from Bradley Cooper. Speaking of the little raccoon, when Kevin Bacon is like, oh, my God, what's happening? And Rocket says, don't worry, we're not going to hurt you. And Kevin Bacon goes, are you a raccoon? And he goes, I'm going to kill you. That was so good. It was great. That That whole moment was fantastic. Another question I wanted to ask. Finally added Kevin Bacon. We've got finally got Kevin Bacon in the MCU in the laziest way possible. It's about damn time. As Lizzo said herself. Now, <laughs> I cannot believe you just made a Lizzo reference. Did you get that reference? Yeah. Oh, you know that song? I listen to Lizzo. Can you sing it for me? No. Because we'll get sued. That's that's probably true. She's just as litigious as Jesus. I don't know what that word means. Really? Jesus? I've never heard it before. Oh, okay. Excellent. uh, Well done. Here's here's my question about Kevin Bacon. Okay. We have seen Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. What does this mean for his character of Shaw in X-Men First Class? Is it a different dimension? Who knows? I think it, I don't care. I think some other people brought that up and I was like, whatever. I mean, mean, he kind of looks like him. Yeah. Whenever something like that happens. So he he kind of looks like him. If Kevin Bacon really exists in the MCU, then theoretically, so does everyone else who has starred in an MCU movie. Otherwise, there's a lot. Really, otherwise, in the MCU, Kevin Bacon is really famous simply because he's the only actor there. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone else. It's already been in a Marvel movie already. Maybe. Oh, my God. Headcanon. Maybe that's why Peter Quill is like, no, he's the greatest. He's the best because he is the only one. He's the number one actor yeah. in the entire the world. Brad Pack never existed. Yeah. And because half of them are already have already. James Spader has been in the MCU. Robert Downey Jr. is in the MCU. Well, those are the only two. But anyway, not the point. Well, the point what's is- his face? It's only a matter of time. What's his name with three names? What? Anthony Michael Hall. There you go. It's only That's a matter true. of time. It is actually only a matter of time on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Demi Moore, I feel like, is due as well. Emilio Estavez. Oh, yeah. I feel like Judd Nelson, also only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Yeah. Judd Nelson is going to be in a Guardians movie. I feel like he would fit really oh, well there. I'm surprised he wasn't in this. Yeah, that's true. Now, all right, let's do some... Easter eggs. Let's do some Easter eggs. I didn't name it that because Kevin Bacon says that he'd see him at Easter. I dropped my phone. What? I dropped my phone. You dropped your dropped phone. phone. Why, why would you phone announce that? And it made noise I on the microphone. I could have cut it out. I'm announcing it. I'm not announcing it for uh, them. I'm announcing it for future Andrew so he knows. They can hear you. 
Well, I know, but I'm saying then you can then future Andrew, you can edit this whole thing out and then we can start again. But I dropped my phone. It made noise. But why would I? Because this, this, is, this gold. is gold, isn't it? This is what I always say. It's gold. Anyway, what were you saying? Cosmo is voiced by Maria Bakalova, mm-hmm. who you may know from Borat 2, mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo, mm-hmm. the one where she tries to convince and nearly succeeds Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani yeah, to do some sort of illicit act. What else we got? Here's an interesting thing that I haven't seen anywhere that I picked up on. Okay. Yandu says sentiment will get you killed in the cold rigors of space. Sentiment is what does end up getting him killed in the cold rigors of space <laughs> at the end of volume two. That is true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Did you have any that you wanted to do? I, all right. I have one that I think I spotted. Because you've got your phone and I'm worried you're going to drop it. Or throw it. You never know. <laughs> I have one. I don't know if this is true or not. It's one that I spotted where I went. I think this is right. But I and I haven't seen it anywhere in the montage. There's a gold guy. It looks like the gold guy from Moon Knight. Oh, it is not the same actor. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Because I looked up the actor. Okay. (laughs) The statue guy, right? Yeah, the statue guy. Because he's in like the main credits. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And I looked him up. And he, I forget his name, but he the played statue the statue in this is in the main credits or the statue in Moon Knight is in the main in credits? this in Guardians. OK, this okay, guy, because okay. I remember looking up the guy in Moon, Moon Knight. Knight because he is also uh, I can't remember his name, but he's an important character in the comics. OK, he's the old guy who like helps him out because okay. they, they give him a name. They okay. call him a name. And uh, but I can't remember the name now. But the guy in this played the monkey in Trading Places. The big gorilla that ends up killing the bad guy at the end. Really? Spoilers for Trading Places. Yeah, and a bunch of other weird shit, too. Like, he he seems to do a lot of, like, he played a werewolf in something. Sure. He's been in, like, 20 things over the past, like, 60 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he must have the best agent in the entire fucking world because he stands there for two seconds, says nothing, and he's part of, like, the main cast. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Okay, interesting. All right, I like I said, that was one I was like, "Is that? It looks like, but it goes by." It might be a, a reference a to it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty much all. All I had. I oh. mean, other than the fact that Mantis is Quill's sister. It's not really an Easter egg. No, it's not. But it was something I was gonna bring up because we hadn't talked about it yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's one of those things where I went, "Wait, I think." That does make sense. Did I know that? Was that not something we already knew already? Uh, Okay, so there is some history to that, which is that when you watch the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there is a sort of (laughs) sex montage where he is, uh, Ego is showing like all the women that he's like hugging or whatever. And it's him with like 50 other women. One of them is Mantis's species. Yes. And... To take it a step further, there were two scenes cut from the film. Okay. They're scenes of him with Mantis's mom. So this has always been the uh, sort of the direction that they were planning on going. The actor who played her mother actually initially posted a, a shot of her on set and then had to take it down. Right. And then James Gunn a little while later said, actually, it's true and shared a picture of the two actors together and. From the, the what yeah, they shot. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it, like I said, it's one of those facts where they said it. I think it was supposed to be revelatory. And it was like, I thought, did we not know that? You're like, I, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes it because it makes total sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, some interesting stuff you might be able to do, especially with the Eternals, uh, where two of them are half celestial. 
Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The group owns nowhere now. I was just going to say that. And I wrote here, when did they buy it? Isn't he dead? Oh, the collector. (laughs) The collector. So I guess, I mean, first of all, maybe he isn't because the last time we see him is he's dead. But then that ends up being the like um, fantasy. It's a it's an illusion made by Thanos. Right. But he's actually there. Which is why I assumed, because they go to nowhere. Yeah, I know, they do, yeah. But they, uh, so I was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's actually not. And it it just, that was a setup. Or maybe it's one of those species that comes back after you're dead. I don't know. Or maybe there's another collector. Maybe the collector is not like a name as much as it is a title. And as soon as one dies, it's it's a it's a, it's like the Green Lantern. Like when one dies, basically, instead of a ring, all of the collector's entire collection of junk lifts up into space and flies to somewhere else and then decides that that this person is a perfect entity to control a completely useless bunch of crap and then lands on their patio furniture and just you become the collector. But you also have to adopt that weird speech and cadence and everything that he has. So you think it's like the mustache on Thaddeus Ross? Yes, it's Thaddeus Ross's mustache, which is also, incidentally, I believe, in the collector's collection as well. In one of the Marvel TV shows, in the first episode of said TV show, maybe Loki? Okay. I don't remember. We see the collector's ship fly off. But my point is that I thought he was dead. Right, and he's and not. it turned out that he was in this other show, and I didn't even realize. Right, exactly. But that's what I mean. He, for all we know, he's just one of those species that, like, he dies and then he regenerates. And they said they like bought that. it, right? They bought it. They bought it from the collector. Because I could have imagined he's just gone and they just took over. Because everyone knows that they saved the galaxy, so it's theirs now. And well, they and listen to the Guardians and to everyone else in space. That's what buying is. That, <laughs> that just could be what buying yes, is. Uh, here, I'll I'll take nowhere for thirty-seven clout. Yep. Here's so here's 37 of my clout. Yeah. Either that or I could t- they're just walking around and whenever they reference it in public, they're like, hey, just say that we bought it. <laughs> we're just going to hole up here and act like we own the place. And then people are going to start believing it. And that's what they did. Yeah. Or did they just have Mantis run around to every person saying, we bought this, we bought this, we bought this, we bought this. Fully. 100% (laughs) could see that, too. This is 100% a grift. Nowhere is the headquarters of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. Oh, really? Yep. So at least for some of the runs. So that's a thing. The band is the old 97s. I don't know who they are. I don't know either. But uh, I found that arm thing very disturbing, yet intriguing. Wild. Yeah. Uh, weird, 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 weird. Yep. Their Christmas song includes a reference to an elf that wants to be a dentist. Uh, this is a reference to the Rudolph Christmas special. Yes, it is. Cleaning the retreat is, quote, Jeff's favorite job. Jeff is a character played by Steve Agee in the previous films. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, Steve Agee. You'd, you'd recognize him if you saw him. He's got a big beard. Oh, wait, Steve Agee is, how do I know that name? 
Name something else, Steve Agee. Uh, he's in a ton of stuff. He's in The New Girl. Oh, wait. Is Steve Agee in um, Suicide Squad? Yes. That's what it is. The Suicide the Squad. The Suicide Squad. Thank you. And um, Peacemaker. And John Cena. Yeah. Yes. That's he's he's that in guy. John Cena. Okay. He's also a homeless, homeless Steve, I think is his name in The New Girl. Great character. He does a great job with that role. Yeah. There are multiple posters for Kingo movies at the Chinese theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tourists think that Drax is Kratos from God of War. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that. Uh, fun fact as well. The tourist that says that line is James Gunn's sister, Michelle. Oh, that's sweet. That's so And that nice. might be her family, but who knows? Can I just also say? Uh, nope. what, what okay, fine. Oh, yeah. Sure, no, that, I love at one point there. So like Mantis has figured out this ploy of like they'll pay money. People yeah. pay money and everything. And at one point she gets so indulgent with it. She's literally posing with the money. <laughs> she's waving stacks of yeah. money in the photo. As though that's part of her As costume. As if that's part of the thing. And there's just stacks of money everywhere, which is yeah. hilarious. People are yeah. like, oh, look, it's Drax and Mantis with a stack of cash. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the costume. Yeah. Flew LeBorg is the bartender. You'll know him because he played Javelin in the Suicide Squad and the guy yep. who doesn't understand the term party pooper on YouTube. His career is fascinating to me. Yes, it really is. A couple of James Gunn Easter eggs or cameos in in this as well. I mean, you also get uh, in the star, uh, I almost said star search, Yep, star maps. Mm -hmm. It goes through and it's uh, Margot Robbie, John Cena. James Gunn has said of Margot Robbie that she is the best actor that he has ever worked with. Yes, I can believe that. Or like his Um, favorite actor to work with or something. And yeah, John Cena. There's a guy from like Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is it Mario? Not Cantone. Nope. Not Cantone. Nope. <laughs> wow. My brain's doing a whole thing today. It's great. Is it Mario Mario or Luigi Mario? <laughs> it's Mario Lopez. Oh, thank God. No. That would have really bothered it's me. It's not Mario Lopez. It's not Mario it Lopez? It is someone that I don't know. Okay, great. Yeah. I looked cool. it up and I was then like, it's someone okay. that I don't know. Yeah, probably. Cool. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Bacon... Here's an Easter egg. The police meeting Kevin Bacon to protect him in the street is a reference to the connection between pigs and bacon. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well done. Fuck the police. I'll also say, well done. (laughs) Thank you. As well. Well done. In Infinity War, I already said this. (laughs) (laughs) The gift Quill gives to Yondu is in like one of the first scenes of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's the little one of the little things on the dashboard. You'll notice as well in the big uh, bucket of presents. One is one says two taser face. I did see that from Guardians volume two. I got one for you. Uh, He's talking to um, his wife, Kira. The voice is actually Kira Sedgwick, his actual wife in real life. Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, too. Also, he has stockings hung up and they have the names of his children. Oh, that's good. That's something you would have put on the Internet. Yeah. (laughs) So you couldn't previously look up the names of Kevin Bacon's kids. Probably. Yeah. Also, I love that they got Kevin Bacon and I could count down the minutes until we got a Bacon Brothers song. Because if you're going to get Kevin Bacon at this point in his career, he's going to go, great, I'll do this, but you got to let me say. Yeah, you got to let me promote my music. Also, just going back to the kids things, their names are Eggs And and Ham And. No. (laughs) No. No. Yeah, this was, overall, like I said, just, it's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah, it's light. I don't know that I'm ever going to see it again. Maybe around Christmas time. Right. But, but that's what I mean. Time. I was thinking about it's this and I was like, once. will I ever watch this again? And I was like, you know what? Honestly, in the next next month, 
as we get closer to Christmas, I'm like, if I'm bored and there's nothing on, I'd put this on. I won't. Like, Maybe next year. Whatever. Or like next year when I'm like, nah, let's yeah, put next this year on. when I'm like, oh, yeah, there is a Christmas thing in the MCU. Yeah. Let's put it on. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, that's the other nice thing. It doesn't feel like it. Like sometimes you watch a Marvel movie and uh, from years ago. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, it's hard for me to watch repeat Marvel movies because I'm like. It's so ingrained in where it is in the storyline that I'm like, gotta, you know, you feel like you're in the middle of something. This doesn't. This fits, you know, obviously there's some references to like Gamora is not there because of the events of Endgame and things like that. Half these movies either take place before or after Sokovia. And if it's after, you gotta know. You gotta know the stuff that came before. But this is like, other than that, Really, you could watch this at any point and it, it fits wherever or does it or just doesn't. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. out there. So I could totally watch this like once a year. Why not? That's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You want to move on to the reading assignment? Let's move on to the reading assignment. Let's do that. Chris, speaking of Juneteenth and Greg Abbott, the reading assignment, <laughs> the reading assignment this week is Harriet Tubman we Demon that? Slayer. How? <laughs> wow. Sometimes we like plan a bit and like it, 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 it or not plan it, but like we find a bit and somehow it makes its way all the way through. But never in the history of the show, I think, have we stumbled onto a bit that we act that accidentally works so well <laughs> with what we're doing. <laughs> How did, wow. God damn. I'm like really proud of us too. Um, <laughs> that we accidentally did something funny. Uh, anytime we stumble onto that, I'm proud of us. So Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, right here. This is from Kingwood Comic, written and created by David Crownson. It says on the cover, in development to be a major TV series. It does. Which I'm interested the Kulu, in. Hulu, it said? Yeah, uh, it might have. It might have. Yeah, so this was written and created by David Crownson. And I'm trying to find... Here we go. Okay. I'm not going to name all the artists, though. They they definitely deserve credit. There's, but there's a number of artists in this because each chapter gets a different art style. But basically, just to give you a quick plot summary, uh, Harriet Tubman is a demon slayer. There you go. I did it. We did it, everyone. Look at that. <laughs> look, how I, look how good I did, Andrew. I did so good. Yeah. It's pretty much that. It's really just that. I mean, it's it's uh, so basically have you seen. I haven't checked. You have the comic. Yes. Uh, so I can't check in. And I'm not going to. <laughs> OK, do me a favor, though. Yeah. What's up on the very last page? And it might even be the back cover. I just saw someone post this on Twitter while I was looking up the author. OK. Is there a photo of a little kid? A photo of a little kid? Maybe not. Someone posted a picture and it was like a photo of a little kid, which is the author as a child. And it has a quote from him. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is that yeah. quote? Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. It said, I just wanted to make a comic about Harriet Tubman killing racists and shit. <laughs> I just love that. So I didn't. I was like, OK, I finished the comic. I did what I need to do. I was like, whatever. This is probably some recommendation from some celebrity or something. I don't need to read that. So I just skipped that. But <laughs> I saw that on Twitter and I was like, yeah, that's you did it, man. Man, mission accomplished. Yeah, uh, he really did. Nailed it right on the head. 
Nailed or it in right the heart. On the wooden spike. Yay! Yay! We had the we same did it, everybody. joke. Yay! All right. So basically, this follows a family of runaway slaves that are being pursued mostly by vampires, but other stuff comes into it as well. At first, I was like, where does the demon part come in? And then I got it. I was like, oh, there's a whole world. There's a whole world to this. Yeah, I had that thought too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are they using the whole word demon because there's already a vampire slayer and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar has tra- claim on that? Oh, sure. But I wondered as well if it was because the word vampire just wasn't known at the time, really. Right. Yeah, that could have been too. Demographics. That definitely could have been t- been too. But uh, no, then it introduces a whole. This gets into a whole weird world of all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. they have a word for it. I, I forget what word they use in the comic, but it's. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, there's werewolves in it. There's all sorts of stuff. But basically, it's a family of runaway slaves that gets found by Harry Tubman, and as they're trying to make their way north, they're just pursued by a lot of racist vampires <laughs> that's it that's it it's really straightforward yeah. um what did you uh, what did you think of this sir i fucking loved it I so fucking much love it too it's really great <laughs> it's really really good yeah i don't remember where but i had been seeing ads for this i i, can't, I don't think you were with me when i got it i had been seeing ads for it i think or seen people talk about it for like a year now maybe longer i i might have even seen it at comic-con before and i I had been meaning to pick it up and I was like, I really should do it. And then literally Melinda and I were just walking and we were chatting and I was like, oh, hang on a second. And I saw the guy's booth and I walked up and I was like, hey, I got to get this. I've been meaning to get this for a while. And he signed it. He gave me a poster. We talked. We chatted about the show. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really glad it didn't suck because it was I was very excited for it. Oh, man, it really is. It really is so good. Um, And it could listen, it could because it's one of those things where you're like, are you taking a concept because we've had this before with um, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and uh, it's uh, uh, Abe, Lincoln, Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Vampire or, Hunter or something like that. Yeah. So this this has now become Jesus like, Christ Vampire Hunter exists. Yeah. What has become um, what at first was kind of like a funny thing is yeah. now like a kind of well-worn trope. Yeah. Um, and so it could have really gone either way. But man, this guy really takes it and nails it and just hits it out of the park. It's really great. I, I also would I want to say as well, I think um, for me, a lot of what I love about it as well is the artwork. I, I think yes. a lot of the writing is on the simpler side, yes. which isn't a bad thing, no, because we talk all. about all the time about how, like, my favorite thing in a comic is how fast it moves. Right. And this is, I think, the fastest moving comic we have ever reviewed. Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Right? I started this. The, I, 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 um, I haven't. So. Uh, uh, moment of honesty. I didn't get a chance to quite finish this just because I I just got it today. Yeah, and so I started reading it on the subway home. But I made it a little over three quarters of the way within thirty minutes. Yeah, like I, you know, that's what uh, I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, I mean, it, it blew by. Um, but I agree with you on the art. Every chapter is broken up with a different art style. Yeah, well, for the most part, Cortland Ellis does half of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I really love the ones that he does. He's incredible. Yes. He does the first one, and I think the third and the fourth one. But they they switch it between chapters. You know, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, the third and the fourth. I I just yeah. understood that uh, three comes before four now. Here's the thing, and this is kind of true throughout the book things that would normally bug me in another book that isn't as well done 
don't bug me here. Like the switching of an art form. I That sometimes really bugs me in the middle of a run. Even in the big two, you'll see this on like, uh, you know, certain Batman runs and things like that, where like the artist switches for not really a reason other than that guy wasn't available for like one issue and they got somebody else to come in and do it. And I'm like, that bugs the crap out of me. You had a whole world and you had a whole thing. This, however, didn't. I think it's partially because... He does a really nice job. First of all, there is an elegance in the simplicity of this. Like I said, it is Harry Tubman, Demon Slayer. It's runaway, runaway slave family finds Harry Tubman. Boom, we're off and running. But on top of that, there is a a kind of subplot, like a, a, a which is done a lot in flashbacks, which um, around the central plot of them trying to get away of who this family is that we're following and things like that. And so it helps break that up that those different art styles helps break that up so i think that's what has it go for I, if i'm being completely honest i i did notice that it kind of bugged me a little bit not enough that it really like you said it's it is this is the kind of thing that is so simple yeah that the changing of the art form and it moves so quickly that it does, you know you're yeah. on the first page you're like ah oh, the art changed and then you're just moving on to something else right but i think the main thing that stood out to me is and i liked the art and it's very clear that a lot of Love and time and effort went into the other artwork styles from the other artists, but the art by Cortland Ellis is so exact. Here's how I'll word it. None of them are any better than any others. Nope. But the ones by Cortland Ellis are like my art. Like that's the kind of expressions I like that that are big and wide and bright and like, but also incredibly detailed, but also incredibly minimalistic somehow. Yeah. It's exactly what I want right. in a comic book. It's like, it reminds me of Squirrel Girl. It reminds me of like Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. It's very... Um, it's it's a great meeting of like East and West yeah. inspirations. So for me, that did kind of take me out a little bit, but not enough that it really did it made any of the quality any lesser for me. Yeah, they seem to hit this both writer and artist hit this kind of pitch perfect where, you know, we've we've seen this in other stuff that that especially I don't want to say especially, but with some of the other stuff that we've read from, like when we found it at Comic-Con and things like that, Um People who are who are maybe newer to writing comics or drawing comics where they try to pack too much in or don't put enough in. These guys hit it like pitch perfect of right on the money, right on the money of like I said, there's an elegance in the simplicity. But at the same time, I don't feel like I am like miss like, why do I feel like you need to explain something to me? I'm not quite getting what this is. I would. That's, I think, one of the things I was blown away by. Is that as soon as I started reading this, I was like, oh, this is this is a major shit right here. I would have thought this was done by IDW. I would have thought this was done by Boom, something image, anything like that. The art is like dynamic. It works into telling a story. It has, you know, action and movement to it. The writing is fantastic. It doesn't feel the dialogue doesn't even feel like that dry. Sometimes I'll be honest, there's one or two times where the dialogue is a little modern for me like there's there's one where one, what does she say she says like not today satan and i was yeah, like that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. which i it's cool it is but you know what it kind of, and i i i don't want to say i bumped on that but i was like oh okay but for me i was like oh, i see the style they're going i mean we're already like 
in a weird hypothetical. Right. It's already so heightened. Yeah, it's, it's a not weird... like she pulled out a fidget spinner and dabbed. Like, right, exactly. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it was yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, well, I mean, if we're already here, if Harry we're Tubman already spinning has, katanas, s- has some sort of super strength in katanas and and killing yeah. vampires. Yeah, I Harry think... Tubman's a ninja. So. Exactly. So <laughs> you know, I guess we could say whatever we want, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I'll take a more modern dialogue. We're already here, but yeah, it's really. I mean. It's really, really great. And again, the writing is that perfect middle ground of we have a central plot. It moves really quick. But at the same time, you give me enough of that exposition and you dole it out like they structure the structure of this is really well done. The flashbacks are exactly when I need to find out that piece of information and no more. That's it. The story is also an impossible balance of enormous and intimate. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't really know how they're able to achieve it. Yeah. Like it it is both this enormous grandiose over the top hyperbolic story and also incredibly close knit and intimate and sweet and honest. He finds places to let the, let it breathe. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he finds places he he structured the story well where there's you know there's a villain and there's something else going on behind the scenes that our main characters don't know. Like there's that scene in the church with uh, the guy and his, his demon wife and everything. Yeah. Or there's when they hunker down for the night in the one, uh, in the one cabin or, or house or whatever it is. And it's like, he gives it that time. Whereas again, I don't want to say amateur, but, but younger, newer writers, sometimes feel the need of like, well, this is my central plot line and we just go through the central plot line and that's all we do. And I'm like, or, no, or no, they're no. worried it's going to be boring. Or, yeah. Cause they're worried right? it's going to be boring. It's getting boring now. We need something to pick, pick it, it up. up. And it's like, no, it's good to, yeah, I felt immediately I was in the hands of someone who trusts themselves as a writer and the characters and the characters and trust what they've done. And he trusts what he's made that, that we are invested in this and you'll stick with this. We used to have a, a professor in school, you and I, by the name of Edward Allen Baker, who said that his best advice for writers was to just imagine what the characters look like and then just think about the conversation they're having and just write it down as they have it. And he was and he would say that, like, at the end of the day, he was like, I kind of feel bad because I feel like I'm not really writing anything. These people are. And that's what this feels like is characters are just writing what they're they're not even writing They're They are creating their own dialogue. Yes. Yeah. It's something natural. It's also very confident. You know what I mean? Like it's a confidence in like, nope, I can take a beat here. You're with me. You came on this journey. And if you're not with me, then you checked out already anyway. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) This is the journey that you're on. And this is the journey I'm giving you. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But this is the one that we're on. So you can stick with it or not. It also balances. I mean, it's a lot of fun because it's Harry Tubman slaying demons. (laughs) But at the same time, it's again, hitting that pitch perfect of like, Yeah, this is like, especially uh, right now, you know, it's an important time that we're talking about. It's an important subject that we're talking about. It's an important person that we're talking about, but also a bit of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't ever lose that. It's not over. I don't just want to say like, it's not over the top of killing racists. (laughs) Sounds weird. But you know what I mean? Like, it could just be like a lot of just like blood. It's not just blood. It's not just like we all hate racists. And so let's just have like 20,000 pages of just like Harry Tubman just spilling blood everywhere. There's like an actual story to this. There are relationships between the characters and there's relationships and everything like that. And it's, and so it still has, 
has like a nice drama to it. It still has some depth to it as well. And just when it starts to get really deep, she pulls out some katanas and beheads someone, which is great. It's yeah. just when right they need before it. you get bored, right before you get bored. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I there's not much more. I really feel the need to say about this because it's one of those things where like, I love this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's very simple. There's not a whole lot to say about no. it if you're not going to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, so this is volume one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I really, really recommend this. Now, I think you and I were, were talking earlier and you said like, I've checked up and it doesn't seem like they're going to. They, they're going to do volume two. It's not that they're not going to. OK, there's just nothing about it. OK. All right. So it might be in the works. But the guy is also now like working for YouTube Red, it looks right. like. And okay. probably trying to turn this into a Hulu series. And- all right. So here's what because also I would, you know, it's all right. Let me actually side note. Speaking of possibly the Hulu series or wherever this series is going to go to. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I would want this as a television series. Yeah. I would love this as a movie, though. I should say a movie. I would see a few movies. Like, I would see this as a series of movies. The re- only reason, because I remember reading it, and, it, and I, then I read the sticker on the front that said, like, being planned to be a, a television series. And so I was like, oh, I want this to have the budget this deserves. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want... CG. I don't want TV CGI monsters. Mm. I want like, give me some good monsters. Give me some real. I get worried yeah. that it's so quick. I feel like this first volume is two episodes. You know what I mean? Well, that's but that's another reason where I'm like, you can make this a movie. Yeah, that's you what know? I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like this is 30, 45 minutes at the most. Like, if it takes us 45 minutes to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'd get worried that like even, OK, you create a second volume. You're, yeah, that's a movie or three episodes. Right. You know, exactly. three and a half, four episodes. Yeah. So I'm I'm even hesitant about, you know, Brian K. Vaughn has talked about how he never wants to make Sokka into anything right. other than because a comic. Yeah, because it's not going to live up to what it is. I think I want this to stay a comic. I mean, it, it, it won't hurt it, obviously. Like, But my worry as well, though, is that if it does become a series and that series doesn't do well, maybe we don't get more of the comics, which would make me very sad. Like I said, if I had my what all I'm saying is if it's going to come to screen and I had my druthers yeah I would want to see this on the big screen because what if you didn't have your druthers uh I would still want to see this on the big screen as yeah. well yeah. yeah yeah with or without your druthers with or without my druthers I mean I could take or leave my druthers any old day so yeah. but I kept reading this and I was like oh, if they do this I want to see big budget on this I don't want to see CGI vampire. I want to see something really fucking good. Yeah. And that's what this would take. So my point to come back around to my original point is that Andrew has been scouring the Internet, scouring, going into the deep, dark places, the deep, dark recesses of the Internet. Sometimes even the end of the first page of Google. Oh, geez. And that is a wasteland if I've ever seen one. And so my point is. In order to get volume two going, what I want you to do is this. I want everyone to go to kingwoodcomics.com and order a copy of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer Volume One. Everyone get on this. Full this, disclosure. Yes. Full disclosure, just so you're prepared and you don't freak out when you get there. It's very expensive. It is Look at the back. Did you see how much it costs? Ooh. I mean, 
It is a thick volume, I will say. It is. It is worth it. It is worth it. What I would say is like, I think it's like 60 bucks. Right. So save up the money, get it. It's worth it. It's worth it. You'll see him at some convention, get it signed. Yeah. You know, because this guy also, I I suspect he's going to be pretty famous pretty soon. I might be wrong. But he is a very, very good storyteller. It seems like he's just getting started making some great stuff. So All right. get it. Get yes. him to sign it. Go and, to kingwoodcomics.com. Get it. He's on Instagram. Oh, great. Everybody just fucking message it, him. I'm going to give him out right now. And I want you to go on and be like, we want volume two. It's at D. Crownson. So D-C-R-O-W-N-S-O-N. There's a couple other ones. There's at Harriet Tubman underscore Demon Slayer and at Kingwood Comics. Hit him up on Insta on all three of those. Go to kingwoodcomics.com and order this and spike their numbers and let people know that we want volume two of this. I'm telling you, this is worth it. I really love this. This was really great. It was so much fun. Also, Cortland underscore Ellis. That's one of the artists. Okay. It seems like he's sort of the main artist. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Yeah. Hit them all up and be like, Harriet Tubman, volume two, where and when. Don't ask, is it coming? Demand that it happened. I really want the, to see more of this. Don't ask, is it coming? Ask, where, where is, is it? Where is it? Yes. Where but, is it? But don't be rude. Don't be rude. But also, don't be passive. You know what I mean? Like, you want to hit Don't be that a pushover. Button. Yeah. Don't be a pushover. But don't yourself. be pushy yeah. either. Stand up for yourself. All right? Yeah. God damn it. Okay. So, whose turn? Is it my? It's me. Who gave this to who? They're all us. They're all but us. But I already know what the next one is, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we're still making our way through stuff that we got from Comic-Con. Was there another one that you wanted to do? I think it's time. Yes. That we do something that I don't have to pass to you. Okay. Great. So, you want me to actually give you a, a reading assignment? I don't. Okay. But I'm going to do it anyway? Yeah. Okay. Wait, uh, no. You're no, you're not. You're going to read the book that I'm going to assign you. Oh, wait. Is it is this you assigning me something? Yes. I'm going to be assigning you stuff from now until like next con, I okay. think. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> what have, I was We have sure. a big pile. Oh, oh, but you have something that you don't have to pass to me. I do. Oh. Okay. This will be fun. It's called uh-huh. and it's something we've talked about a few times. Yes. Lore Olympus. How do I know this? We have talked about this. It's about the Greek gods. Uh It seems very cool. The artwork style is very unique. Okay. And it is, the reason we know it is because it's the first Webtoons comic to win an Eisner Award. Oh, we have talked about this. And so uh, I I bought it at Comic-Con, the first volume. The first volume is enormous. Uh, it's on Webtoons, which you love. I do love a good Webtoons. So I think I'll read as much as I can in the book. You read as much as you can on Webtoons, and we'll okay. just talk about what we read. Great. That sounds good. Yeah, that's usually how the reading assignment works. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah. Oh, what did I? I had notes, and I didn't go through any of them. <laughs> Do you, do you want to? Uh, yeah, here's the last thing. Me. I'll say one. There's one important thing I want to say. Okay. Which is that uh, I wrote here, this yeah, book is one of- racist. That's what, that's the last note. <laughs> I wrote here, Juneteenth isn't a holiday. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wrote here, this book is one of the many reasons to promote creators of color because a white person couldn't write this story. No. They just wouldn't have- not. They wouldn't have grown up with the same cultural experiences and relationships to history. Right. So like, I, it's, it's just- I, 
and when we went to Comic-Con as well, I can't remember if I told you about this. A lot of the creators of color there had a almost like a bingo card where you could hit up each. It was a list of co- creators of color. Right, right. And if you went to any one, they would give you one. And it was like they had each of them had a Comic-Con exclusive. And if you got all of them, if you like got them to sign their initials on each one, you got like right. a special thing. If Ooh. you hit up all of their, all of their, uh, their tables, yeah. which I was not able to do one for Cause I got it very late at the end, but right. It's, uh, this is, this sort of thing is reason. Like there's so many people who are like, well, why do they all have to like, if all the white creators did that, it would be considered racist. Why do all, this is why, <laughs> like, this is why, because this story alone should be in every comic shop in America. Oh, it should. It's yeah, so this guy, good. This guy should be like one of the top names in comics. Right. Like and this he has guy 7, should be followers. We have 6,000. That's ridiculous. Right? That's ridiculous <laughs> for both things. Okay. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he is so little and it's ridiculous. We yeah, have so we many. We have anything at all. That's Thank insanity. you all. Insanity. Oh, but I mean, I love all 6,000 of you. Don't get me <laughs> Until wrong. Until Twitter goes bankrupt. Oh, the other thing yeah. I wanted to point out as well is like the only advice I would have for this moving forward is that there are also, um, I found three typos. Yeah. Which is not a huge deal. Yeah. But, and also some of the, artwork gets a little grainy weirdly like some of the speech bubbles are like pixely and and it just it's it's so good that i if you do another run of publication right just fix those typos uh, have your artists like i don't know what they need to do like redo it in a higher format or higher resolution or something or 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 maybe get a different publisher i don't know what it is i don't want to step on any toes but i would you know a couple little things just to fix i know i'll step on all the toes Ah, no did you know nope and maybe this will get us flagged <laughs> we might get a strike Please. for this. Oh, oh, now I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of toes, my grandmother used to call a certain nut. I don't remember what nut. Um, N-word toes. Oh, we're a hundred percent getting flagged on that. <laughs> Although uh, your, your grandmother is not the first one to do that. I no. know I've heard that before. Uh, she might have been. <laughs> I don't know how old she was. Maybe she started the trend. Maybe she's the <laughs> one. She, Brazil nuts. I searched in Google N-word toes. I wrote N space W-O-R-D. Wow, we are just so, so we're clear. And I didn't even pronounce the R hard. It was N-W-O-D. <laughs> and, uh, and it literally Wikipedia. How have you become the me of the show? I don't understand. Literally the first thing to come up is Wikipedia Brazil nut. Please cut all of this no i'm leaving it in it's oh, important geez. to know the history of because, your family because uh, yes because my grandmother was a racist and yep. she was a vampire <laughs> and this guy's ancestors probably beheaded her with a katana <laughs> if only yeah just to be clear actually now that we've been doing this whole episode let me just be clear to, to try and remove any flags what andrew's grandmother said is horrible yeah and also we're kidding juneteenth is a hundred percent a holiday that's true. And we fully support it. We do. Uh, don't flag us. I know. It's hard because I remember when, look, we don't have to get political on this here. This is called satire, you It is. Well, th- okay, so that's what I was going to bring up is like, I remember when Donald Trump got elected and I was like, the number one thing, there's a lot of horrible stuff that's going to happen, but the number one thing that I think people aren't going to expect that's going to happen is the death of satire. Yep. Because you can't, you can't do it anymore. Like, there's nothing outrageous that you could say. That 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 would be so outrageous that he could never say it or whatever. 
Oh, it's well said. So here we are. Here we are. And that's it. My grandmother called Brazil nuts N-word toes. Which is horrible. And don't flag us YouTube. It just seems like it shouldn't be real. That seems like it should be a fake thing. I know. I know. But it's not. (sighs) It's not. And on that note, that's the show. Easily the weirdest slash most offensive thing we've ever ended the show on. That's probably not true. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Which is also a problem that maybe we should discuss. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. oh, actually, no, uh-huh. I know what we can end on. Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Oh, where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Our episodes go up every week, every Tuesday, 8 a.m., bright and early, hot and ready pizzas at your front door. If you order them, you got to pay for them yourself, too. We're not going to have any part of that. Uh, but nope. you know how it works. You've all, we've all been to Little Caesars at 8 in the morning on a Tuesday. You know what I'm talking about. You can also find us on Twitter. Where our handle is at Media Lunch Such a Break. Voice. Uh, I was reminded today that a little while ago, uh-huh. Charmin, the toilet paper company, uh-huh. tweeted at us. Tweeted at us? <laughs> yeah. And if you'd like to know the story behind that, head over to our Twitter and take a look. That, again, is at Media Lunch Break. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We're on TikTok. We're still putting out videos sometimes when we feel like it. I think after this episode, planters will tweet at us. Anyway, I hope on. so. We're also on Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. <laughs> if you want to give us money, you can send us an email as well. And our email is TheMediaLunchBreak at gmail.com. Uh, you can also visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube, or wherever else that sort of thing is possible. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For being so cool. So freaking cool. So, uh, like Andrew said, uh, you can leave a rating and a review, and uh, you can leave it right in app. It really, really does help, honestly. And I've said this before. If you leave a five-star rating, you can leave whatever kind of review you want if you leave a five-star rating. I don't care. You can tell us to go to hell as long as you leave that five-star rating, baby. Uh, This week, actually, if you leave a five-star rating, tell us what other holidays aren't holidays. No, that's... Nah, whatever. I don't care. Leave a five-star rating. You can tell us whatever holidays aren't holidays because they're all actually holidays. Thank you, YouTube. So we just uh, covered... Harry Tubman, Demon Slayer. We just talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. Next week, <laughs> it's going to be the best damn day of the week. Tuesday News Day. Oh, my God. It's the Tuesday News I'll Day. I'll tell you what. Uh, there's some good news that we're going to be talking about next week as well. Because there's oh a God, few yeah. trailers already. There's a lot there's of a trailers. L- I might even order a hot and ready pizza at 8 in the morning. <laughs> Baby. And after that, oh, my gosh. It seems like it's come so fast and yet never come at all it's avatar time baby not the good one not the good one the blue one yep that's the one um so we'll be doing that as well as say the title again what is it what's the thing i'm reading again lore lore olympus lore olympus all right uh so you can look forward to that as well other than that as always if 
you have something to share with it. We did Harry Tubman Demon Slayer this week, right? But if you're reading something and you're like, oh my gosh, this is something you guys need to read. I want to give you this as your reading assignment for both of you. Send it over. If you've been watching something and you're like, hey, I watched this show. What? I want to get your opinion on it. I want to hear you guys talk about this. Send it over. We're always looking for that. If you created something like these guys did, right? Um, and you're like, hey, I made this thing. Can you talk about it? Give me some thoughts on it. Point some people towards it. We love doing that. That's what we've been doing for the since Comic-Con are brand new things from, from people who need a little, like, a voice to speak out for them. We're happy to do that. Send it over. You wrote a comic. You filmed a pilot. Yeah. There you go. Um, or you shot a movie. <laughs> Shot it dead right in your driveway. Because he was a racist vampire. Yeah, send it over to us. We'll we'll take a look. We'll give it a shout out. We'll give us uh, give your thought uh, give your thoughts. No, we'll give our thoughts. We'll give your thoughts too. I mean, if you want to send over your thoughts on it, that's fine. We'll give your thoughts too. Yeah, that's true. But we'll give our thoughts on it, and uh, we'll point people towards it. Absolutely. But there it is. That's it. There wasn't a thing. And now there's oh, a thing. Yeah, that's there's so a easy thing now. it is. There's a thing there. There wasn't a thing in. Boom. Here it is. Right Dang. there. Hot, right there. Hot and ready. At your door. <laughs> Just as real as Juneteenth. Coming through the glory hole. Coming, oh, boy. This is getting... Oh. Now I know we got to go because it's because uh, Andrew's starting to get weird again. <laughs> but there it is. So this is your chance. Go out and make a thing. This is how easy it is to go out and make a thing. If these two idiots can do it, you can do it, too. Go out and make something. Other than that, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. Two things. Yes. One. Oh, boy. Do you think people will be able to tell that we recorded this episode in two parts? I mean, it's going to be seamless. Two. Uh-huh. Speaking of seamless. Uh-huh. A hot and ready pizza through a glory hole actually piques my interest. Oh, you could totally fit it through a glory hole. Well, I, I, I'm aware. I just mean, like, I wonder if there's, oh, like... Oh, really? How are you aware, Andrew? Do you want to tell that story on the Because microphone? I know the diameter of a hot and ready slice of pizza. And a glory and hole. And a glory. I mean, it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> can I go? And I know I'm asking you this because I know you will know. Can I go on Craigslist? No. And ask for someone to feed me pizza through a glory hole? Oh, for sure. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the fourth least weird thing on Craigslist. So <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind you could ask for that. Great. <laughs> oh, he left. Oh, he left the room. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>